Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another rousing rendition of what we're going to call this year in the year of our Lord, 2023. Same thing we called the year, last year, man. We ain't, we ain't switching nothing up. We ain't changing nothing. New year, new me is some bullshit. All we doing is trying to progress and be a little bit better than we was yesterday. And when I say we, I'm always talking about my good brethren in this thing that we call life. Mr. Destrian Wells of D. Wells Consultant and Dr. Ajamu Loving, PhD uh, of... Uh, Loving Consulting LLC. I almost forgot. Jesus. This has been it's been two ah, years, guys. It's been two oh, years. I'm a little rusty. Oh, a little rusty. Oh. You know, oh. PhD CFP. You know, C F P C I left see I left off the CFP man. Look, look, ah, look. We don't worry about it. We're gonna get into the swing the of pandemic. Pandemic. the pandemic got us all a little bit, you know. We gotta we gotta go ahead and work on our skills a little bit. Every, uh, everybody. Now, let's do this right now. Let's go ahead and put it out there. We can no longer use the pandemic as an excuse. That's literally been like, no, nah, man. We can't, we, look, we, we can't keep using man. that. We can't keep using that crutch. The government been took that money back all of that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying use it as a crutch. What I'm saying is you got to recognize we're still dealing with some of the after effects of it. Now, I'm not I saying will, that you, you know, I will acknowledge that you get, that you should not have in many demonstrable ways begun to live your life. If you've chosen to still live under the strictest of COVID uh, restrictions and impose them on yourself, you know, part of me wonders if there might not be some other things psychologically that are making you feel that. You know what I'm saying? We will acknowledge and accept how people choose to maneuver and manifest in this world. We are only here That's to be true. simple, simple Sherpas, if you will. Um, man. but look, man, we just we just wanted to take some time this to, to tonight, uh, get an episode uh, recorded amongst ourselves to kick this year off right. You know, we are we are very sporadic, uh, organic, and uh, spontaneous here at the Brethren. We don't have a schedule. We don't drop an episode once a week, once a month. We do it when it naturally comes to us, naturally when schedules align and when the spirit hits. And so, right now, schedules are perfectly aligned at this hour for us to get in. And get some words of encouragement for ourselves, and we choose to share with y'all. Uh, but in true brethren fashion, we ain't changing nothing up. We're just getting a little bit better than we was. Um, I'm keeping it simple tonight. I have a small shot glass here uh, honoring the Tuskegee Airmen with a little bit of Tito's vodka in it. I'm going to do that to start us off. Uh, other than that, uh, Mr. Wells, do you have libations? Uh, at the present time, I do not have a libation in front of me, but in in about 30 seconds, while you guys are introducing yourselves, I will have a libation by the time it's time for us to go around the room. In due time, in due time. Dr. Levin. And uh, for me, well, I guess I have a variety because I have a Michelob Ultra to wet the palate. A Michelob. Yeah. Plus, you know, man, you know, I'm, oh, I got to. You got to be able to try to throw these weights and feel good about it. And then I've got uh, a milk alone. So got, yeah. And then, I, then I got some crown. And, and well, there we go. Up. Now, see, lead off with that. Listen, like we said, we are, we are not here to place judgment on the way that people maneuver this, this, this world. If Doc is going light tonight, if Doc, if Doc wanted to go light with a Michelob Ultra, who are we? But in typical yeah, brethren fashion, like brethren. I said, his brethren. Cheers to a wonderful conversation. 
Different, you have yes, nothing in your hands, so we shall judge you, my brother. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to it again. Uh, to a wonderful conversation being had, bread being dropped, I and just want you to remember you said that to those conversation progresses who need them. Cheers, yeah, yes, sir. All right, well, gentlemen, um, not our last episode, not the last episode for the year, um. But I think maybe the one before that it was uh, episode three of last season, seasons, season six, episode three. So I believe this is season seven. If I'm wrong, who cares? Because y'all know we fix it. Um, but there was a quote from myself. I'm not being biased. It just popped out. Um, the power of patience within the process of persistence. And what has transpired for me over the past really a week um because that you know that that time period between christmas day and new year oh. day new year's day is the real break that most people get right you know that yeah. before christmas you're still going to work until you know probably new year uh christmas christmas eve and then you get you know you get that break between until new year right. um right so i've had a little bit if of you're going before. to work you ain't doing right yeah yeah, yeah. You, you you know slow rolling it um yeah. but one of the thoughts that came to me uh, of how I want to approach 2023 is just, you know, honestly being easy on ourselves, but in a hard way um, to why I said I put a message up on uh, on Instagram that said, you know, fuck New Year, new me. You don't have to change yourself. If you did better in 2022 than you did in 2021, then the only thing that you should strive to do in 2023 is be better than you were in 2022. And progress is the only constant that we can ask of ourselves without overthinking and overdoing. Like, I don't have to strive to get a million dollars in cash this year. Now, if that's what I want to do, that's fine. But Mm -hmm. if I got 100,000 last year and then this year I get 200,000, it's been a good year. I doubled my efforts. I doubled my results. I'm pretty damn good at it. So... That's the framework that I want to throw out there for that conversation. I see Brother Wells is over there. I want to get to him mm-hmm. before we get to that to to, to that Hennessy because he 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 looked like he got something to say. Because I what I feel, Boy. I'm, I'm not even gonna <laughs> say what I feel because, like I said, we do things organically here, spontaneous. I have not told y'all what we were talking about at all. But Mr. Wells, I'm gonna throw it to you. Let's let's frame this conversation. We ain't got no theme to this year, no theme to this season as of yet. But right now, what I want to talk about is just progressing year over year and coming from corporate we all know why oh why Ooh, boy let me tell you them numbers uh-huh. production year over year you hear it uh-huh. and we finna hear it a lot in this first quarter because now we got them year in numbers baby and i think yeah. it's time to take inventory now we've got the full thing you know years fully over we got the full year to take. We got this to take in, take inventory, take account of what's what all happened and transpired. Man, that's about that's about to get tight, bro. Just be honest. That's what's about to happen. None of the none of the coffers came in the way that folks thought that they would or wanted them to. And stuff mm-hmm. stuff is about to get tight, man. That's what's about to happen. DJ, it's a part of the cycle of life. I feel like DJ may. I, I feel like DJ agrees with you. They they can't see us, but I see a lot of a lot of amen and head shaking. So DJ, like I said, I'm gonna throw it to you, man. Go ahead. I mean, um, no. First of all, I appreciate everybody. You know, liking, 
subscribing, um, giving feedback to the platform. And happy new year to everybody, man. This, you know, this labor of love is 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 something that it it, it gives us an opportunity to get things out that we normally wouldn't. And again, this is just conversation that we would naturally have that we've decided to share with other people. So understand these are just our thoughts. Like this is not advice. This is not any of that. This is, this is just perspective. With that being said, as a background, you're absolutely right. It's going to get tight. <laughs> going to get tight. Nah, it's already gotten tight, bro. Um, when I look out at the corporate landscape, I see consolidation happening almost in every major sector. But what's most important what's most important is that typically it happens at this time of year every year. Right before the holidays. You gotta come off the books. Um, we'll give you whatever we can give you and we send you home. But that's the you know, that's Santa's dirty secret as it relates to the corporate game. You know, holiday season comes. You, If you work for a major co- corporation, you need to be worried about, am I part of the 5% that are going to be let go? You know, um, and we can talk about performance is one thing, other metrics as another, but, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a big thing. I think um, if there's anything that I want to, explicitly express about that is the fact that when you look at these corporate structures and you look at things that take place and the things that are going to happen, they're predictable. You yourself know, hey, my department was down this year. We have to start taking responsibility for ourselves and understanding that if I had an underperforming department and I know that my corporation does, you know, the lowest 5% every year, you should be looking for a soft landing spot for yourself. So in terms of AJ talking about patience, perseverance, all those things, the power that rely, that rest in that, you can create that opportunity for yourself if you plan ahead. And that doesn't mean that you're, not committed to your current responsibilities, but you can't wait for it to happen to you. You just cannot. And we do that too often. We're loyal to jobs that will never be loyal to us. And I think that from, from a perspective of an employee standpoint, you know, I think we've been trained to be that way. But if you are also an entrepreneur, you know that, hey, I'm looking for the best situation, the best price, the best relationship that I can get set up for me, my business, what have you. It should be the same thing for you as an employee. And the more you realize that it's not the best situation for you, it doesn't mean that you don't do a good job. It means that you more actively seek opportunities outside of those that exist inside of your current organization. And we need to normalize that because companies fire people all the time without notice or cause. And if if employees look for other opportunities, they're ridiculed and they're talked about 
and is, you know, this is not a loyal employee. Your loyalty should lie with your family. Your performance should be judged by your management team and your firm. If your performance is out of the charts and you're exploring other opportunities, there should be nothing said. If you are exploring other opportunities and you're underperforming, now we have something to talk about. So you have to balance those things so that you can protect yourself. But again, companies fire people without cause all the time. But if, 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 if individuals explore other opportunities, they're somehow seen as disloyal to the organization. Let's let's put that in, in context. Go ahead. Always always be a free agent. In yeah. in, in in the world well, you of are, business, but, you are. but they, you are. But like, but to your point though, most people don't work their mind. They, their frame of mind is not that they are. They need to because look at we have employment. because a lot of people would develop a false sense of job security and a false no, sense of loyalty sure. to they a need position to look at, at a company. They need to look at their employment contracts, employment at will, which means. I can fire you without cause at any point in time, which means if if my bottom line and my revenue is not where I need it to be, I can downsize, I can I can pivot, I can restructure, I can do whatever. Employment at will is the contractual relationship that you enter into in most states. And furthermore, to your point, if you're not a part of that 1% of management that has what we call right. golden umbrellas, severance packages and things of that nature, yeah. you are even you are even more because you could be middle management, upper middle management, making a good salary and not have that clause you where you vulnerable. still, you know, need to move and 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 and, and act like a free agent. But Doc, you're, on the, the you're, on the constant, you're on the constant pressure in that of course but doc i want to come to you because this is you know we've talked about this before and like to dj's point you know this is the the first quarter and we trim in the fat you know as so mm-hmm. to speak with with these companies um and like dj said if you're not part of the top five percent then they you know you you under a microscope for this first quarter if they ain't already mm-hmm. you know started going for the chopping block i believe i saw the amazon let go of a, a significant number of people and more companies uh have yeah. also a lot of the tech companies uh uh, out in Cali, you know, did a lot of layoffs, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, and all of that. Yeah. Um, but it, this is the time. This is the time of the year where you can't get behind the ball, like 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 folks. You say, you know, you. It's almost in most cases, you kind of get the the illusion of a clean slate because the year starts over in terms of mm-hmm. business. But you're still being judged on your year over year. You're still your your fourth quarter numbers are just coming out. Probably, you know, tomorrow is gonna be a lot, it's gonna be a lot of microscoping going on on the on the on the books and the numbers. Um but just being able to position yourself, um, because the other the other flip side to that is if you overproduce, they expect that. You go out there and shoot sixty mm-hmm. in a night. The next night you shoot twenty, and everybody gonna be like, "Oh, you 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 trash." So you know, right. finding that balance number one, that balance of productivity, um, and mm-hmm. then being able to start the year off in a in a comfortable position to where it's something that you can maintain, and not to be not you know not necessarily to be lazy with it, but just to set yourself up for success, yeah, not man. be stressed, and be in a good position and and, and work overall. But go go ahead. No, I think I think that people set themselves up with good habits, right? And so sometimes 
you can do things in a, a repetitive manner that helps you be successful. You know, I come into the house, I put my keys in the same place every time. I put my, uh, you know, put my wallet in the same place every time. I never lose my keys or wallet, right? So there are certain things that people can do in a repetitive manner that uh, is just, it, you know, it makes them more successful in life. And, and it makes life easier to live. And that's great and everything. But then there's higher orders of thinking. And um, that's where all of what I think is the disruptive innovation that is likely to change the way in which we even view the set of opportunities going forward in this country. And so, like, yeah, there is absolutely a ton of information that's out there right now that you can find out about literally almost anything, right? There's just information everywhere. But the ability to accurately process it and be able to use it in an impactful manner, that's a little more rare, right? And so the whole skill sets that come out of these type of advancements that make it so that there are new careers that we hadn't even thought about that could be very impactful and useful. But now we have whole new economies that we hadn't even conceived of before. Two things I want to point out that you said, Doc, is num number one, you used a phrase that I like, and I want to I want to focus in on that a little bit, disruptive innovation. Um, the second thing is you reminded me of a, of a of somewhat of a mantra that we like to use here at the Bridge and Podcast. It's not yours. It's uh, by... Uh, Dr. Huey P. Newton, power is the ability to define phenomena and make it act in the desired manner. Um, and I really want people mm -hmm. to focus in on, on this year and years to come is what is your power? Where does your power lie and how do you tap into that power? And I don't want people to get all into this metaphysical, all of this magic. No, 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 no. What is your power? What are you powerful at doing? If you were the person that everybody comes to for accounting because that's what you're good in, then that's your actual power. Use your power and tap into it. But I just wanted to point those two things out. DJ, I'm coming to you. Um, there's nothing in that Doc said because we we're talking about this disruptive innovation, but being productive, but not being overly productive to where now you're constantly in this battle of, you know, keep doing it and topping it. Like if I put up 60 points a night, Everybody going to expect that from me every night now. Now I got to do that. Now I'm, you know, I'm pushing, I'm stressing, I'm driving, hustling, grinding, all of those hardcore words that we use when I could be developing systems and processes for myself in every aspect of my life so that I'm efficient. Because I think the, 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 the correlation between efficiency and productivity is something often overlooked because we think just because you outputting, you putting out that is efficient. But, um, it, you, you're not. I was listening to an interview with uh, DJ. I think I told about you. I'm not sure if I sent you the the the, the, the link, Doc. But it was an interview with uh, with EYL and Robert F. Smith. Um, and, you know, his company goes in and acquires, do, does mergers and acquisitions, but they bring in so their, their their specialty is software uh, for companies that improves productivity. And one of the companies he was working for back in the day, he came in and like created a systems and process and upgraded it and their productivity increased by like 200 percent 
Yeah. And it was, and the only thing he did was he brought in um, a logging system of sorts. You know, it, it wasn't like he told, you know, it wasn't a, a manual, a physical, uh, he, he just tracked it all. It was, you know, it was, it was software, you know, data, right. you know, tracking mm -hmm. and that just that alone increased productivity. So I want to, I want to, I want to kind of hone in on that DJ, especially with those, those two things. Doc brought up disruptive innovation and yeah. then systems and processes in terms of efficiency versus productivity. Doc, you mind if I jump in? Go ahead, brother. Man, so, um, look, people use words either for you or against you. And I'm going to say that again. People use words either for you or against you, and you need to pay attention to them because you can go into a, a room and you either know somebody is speaking for you or against you. And those same words could mean the same thing. It just depends on what end of the spectrum they want you to end up on. So when we talk about productivity, productivity as is defined by most corporations is outcome oriented based on what your goals are set as. Smart corporations look at percentage to goal, not just the goal. Then smarter corporations look at opportunity set versus goal versus percentage to goal. Even smarter corporations look at length of service. Um, how what you know, how long has this person been managing the relationship, so on and so forth? So at any given point in time, there are enough metrics to make the story whatever you want it to be. So you have to get outside of the story and you have to be productive in a manner where you are valuable. I'm not talking about whether you hit your sales goal, whether or not you did. Those things are great, but value can't be replaced. If I'm valuable, if I leave, the client leaves, if look, the value has to be established. What is the equation that defines value? Robert Smith talked about that a little bit. He talked about the replacement quotient. How much does it cost you to replace me? My new goal is to be so costly to replace that it's so uncomfortable that it doesn't happen. So, see, we have to forget about just keeping your job. You have to increase your value. So you become costly to replace. The more costly you are to, now, I'm not talking about salary. I'm talking about impact. The more impactful you are, the more costly you are to replace. The more costly you are to replace, the least likely it is that you are impacted by any of these changes that end up happening. And the reason why I bring this up, AJ, is because you you said something that is extremely important. These companies are looking for efficiency, but they define they define efficiency differently at each organization. What is your value quotient? Go ahead, real quick, because you know we 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 like to make it plain for everybody, and you know I speak for myself. Uh, mm -hmm. Productivity is doing more work in a time frame mm -hmm. efficiency mm -hmm. 
is doing that same amount of work in less time. Yes. But the other key factor to remember at all times is that productivity and efficiency are interdependent, meaning that they rely on each other. You can't know how efficient you are until you find out how productive you are. And you need a baseline. What are you comparing me against? Exactly. And and when you create that baseline, you have to remember that that baseline is only established by what you thought was the top tier before. But check this out. Here's the rat race. I have a personal baseline. Mm -hmm. But then in my department, (laughs) there's 36 other people just like me. Mm-hmm. So they got a different baseline because somebody over there grinding it out. Productive is all get out. But they work in extra hours. What's their impact? What's the value? Exactly. But that, See, that but that, that's is- that's when that question, that's when you have to flesh that out all the way through because yes, I could yeah. be saving the company a million in my time. That's what that's my, my from you know from my my but letter listen, from the mayor from, from, the <laughs> cheesecake shit that you baked. from nine to five, I'm saving him yeah. a million. He putting in extra hours and he's saving a 1.5. Yeah. Right. No, but, but, but you, but who's more, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Who is giving more impact. So now we got to make sure that we fleshing that productivity, productivity conversation out just beyond numbers. Cause that impact and that value that you speak of is really in most cases, priceless like in the situation where you said if if you leave the client leaves you can put a dollar amount on it but can you really because that client could be about to have increased something we don't even know that yeah, like the client be, the be, client on, on paper right now is worth you know 20 million they can have but we don't know that they was thinking of bringing another 20 in but that's the thing right. so that's called a pipeline but guess who knows that i do and right. and that so that's why i talk about value mm-hmm. you cannot give you cannot give corporations. You should operate in good faith. Let me say that. You should operate in good faith and you should make sure the client interest is served. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have relationships that I know if I'm out, they're out. It doesn't mean that that's going to make my company fail, but their bottom line will suffer. And so I know that. So when I when I come to the table, I can articulate my value by saying, hey, one of the reasons and I don't have to you don't have to be an asshole, but I can say one of the reasons why this client is on board and why they why they've stayed with us is because of the relationship that I have with them. And I would I will say this to you as well. Sometimes we don't fight enough to to stay on accounts and continue relationships because the company will tell you, Hey, we want, we want to get a, enough. We want to get as many people exposure to this relationship as possible. What they're in uh-huh. essence telling you is we're diversifying ourselves away from you in the event that you leave. Right. And so yeah. when those things happen, you need to understand that you have tapped into something that is valuable. Because yes, it's it's smart business for them to diversify the relationship, but it's also smart for you to deepen it, right? So you need to deepen that relationship. So 
when they say, well, what is your value? You ask them, well, what do you think my value is to a $40 billion relationship? You, 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 you put a valuation on that for me. You have to be able to talk in those terms and you have to be able to communicate in a business sense. And you have to be able to articulate that message because in today's age where technology is advancing, things are becoming more auto- automative. Your words matter. Yep. Your Disruptive words, innovation. your That's words, are AI, AI can produce a product, but who co- who's going to communicate it? Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, AI will communicate your product for you too. So you have to be in a position to do that. Yeah. I want to I want to I want to come to Doc because you brought up something and this is this is in Doc's warehouse where I don't think that we are and when I say we I mean I mean us black folk we uh-huh. aren't as boasting of our network as I think we could be or should be mm-hmm. um full disclosure I constantly tell people about the people that I know and mm-hmm. that I, you know, have relationships with where I know that uh, in terms of uh, quality of life, advancement and things like that, and upper mobility, we all think on the same plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm constantly telling people, hey, Dr. Lovin, Deshaun Wells, I know these gentlemen. Good gentlemen, mm-hmm. solid gentlemen. They are part of my network. And mm-hmm. if I was to put a price on it, it's, it's upwards of the trillions in terms of potential and value. And mm-hmm. I think that um, us as people, we need to be able to begin to speak in those terms, like DJ said, amongst mm-hmm. our networks so that we can create accurate valuations of our net worth. Uh, that was something that uh, was was part of a conversation where he was talking about, you know, the fourth list. It's a lot of people that ain't on the fourth list because they don't cooperate with them. You know, you don't t- well, I'm AJ. not telling you how much how much I got. AJ, mm-hmm. AJ, AJ. So I'm glad you brought that up, and I didn't even know we were going to talk about this. But what I need folks to understand is that net worth, in terms of Forbes, accounts for all of your assets. Public. Not not liquid assets. I'm gonna say this again. Not liquid assets. Most of so when you too. see when you see Elon Musk has lost two hundred billion dollars in 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 three days, we're talking about his stock portfolio. We're talking about his entire portfolio. When you see Kanye has lost a billion dollars, if half of your net worth is wrapped up in inventory for um, for merchandise, for property equipment, or what have you, yeah, you can lose half your net worth in a day. We're not talking about liquidity. Net worth is not liquidity. These is assets minus liabilities. What do you what do you what do you own or have equity in minus what you owe relative to it? But I ain't even talking about that because we ain't even. Well, I want I want us to start. I want us to be able to take our network and add it to our net worth in a valuation. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I knew you had to take a, take a call real quick, so I don't know if you caught this piece, but I was I saying you. with Doc. I heard you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I name drop y'all. 
And I heard you say a trillion. I heard you say a trillion. Right, because that's the valuation to me. Because in terms of potential and, and actual value, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if I if I right. got to put a, if I got to put an earth price on it, then it's gonna be it's gonna be something that ain't nobody out here. You know what I'm saying? That ain't well, that ain't been touched that's, yet. That's the thing. The only thing that would need to happen to make it real, and this is the part. This this is the this is the part of the equation that we need to correct as a culture. Mm-hmm. We're waiting on someone else to co-sign the valuation. And then say, yes, you're correct. It is worth it. So even when you have your shark tanks and this and that and the third, those are your co-signers. We need to understand how the property. But, I watched the EY. The but EY. how the shark tank works? Somebody got to go out there and sell it. I'm settling. Like, so so in, oh, yeah, in terms no, of they, me. They be hyping that little family up led thing when they first come out. There. Then they get deflated or whatever. My mm-hmm. two questions and shit. So, but I'm coming, I'm, I'm, se- I'm selling my network, and I'm not even exploiting it. You feel me? I'm just letting people know when There's you're talking to me. I have I have a group of individuals on, behind me that our powers combined, we're a justice league with this shit. Yeah. And in terms of actual valuation, if you want me to put it in the money terms, it's it's priceless. But I'll put a trillion on it just to make you feel comfortable. Right, and that's and that's and that's in all honesty, and that's in all confidence, just because of you know the confidence that I have in my network, and that's what I want everybody to be able to do is to start placing, not and and I don't want I don't want it to be this, you know what I'm saying? I want to put it in the right context. Like I don't want people to just be like, "Hey, my partner got a thousand, my partner got a thousand. You know, I don't want I don't want people out here pocket watching. I got. I just want people to really value evaluate evaluate to place a valuation. On your relationships with people, and it's not based on what they can do for you. No, it's based right. on what they can yeah. do with you. Like ours ain't about how much money I can borrow from y'all. It's how much can we make together. So AJ, what you're saying, and, and the way I hear it, that's right. And like you said all the time, let me make it plain for the people. I restate it. AJ is saying, number one, we're better together, but number two, he's saying uh-huh. that. And Dr. Levin talks about this in, in, in his presentation. The future value of your business is based on your ability to grow. And if you have a network of people who have a skill set that can help you grow and we grow together, that means that the valuations of our businesses respectively grow as well. Hey, real quick, you keep using this G word, grow. It reminds me of another word that we kind of based this whole conversation on progress i just wanted to point that out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what we it's call that growth it's the it's, it's it's the same bro like i think one of the biggest things that prohibit us is the fear i guess i would say who goes first mm-hmm. i really don't care which one of us goes first in anything because i know that whoever kicks in the door is bringing the other two along and that's the relationship aspect of it. So when all of this boils down, like at its basic core, it is still the things that we talked about in this essence in the first season that we ever did any of this. Power circles. Power circles, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you got to have people that you trust to take you where you otherwise can't go. There are rooms yeah. that you can get into that I'm not going to have access you take my best interest in it. The same with Doc, the same with me. 
if we do that collectively as a community, what do we look like? And I think we're we're echoing some of the things that EYL was talking about with Robert Smith and others, where when you actually understand how to practice group economics, group economics starts with valuing community. It ain't about the money first. It's about the community saying, hey, we are better together. What do we have right now and how much is it? Right. And most times yeah. in our community, the only thing we working with is mind capital. That's yeah, all we yeah. working with. Sure. Ideas. Like bare resources. I mean, I mean, it can be very valuable too. You know, no, we that, gotta it's the most valuable thing, honestly. But we often exactly. undervalue we often no. undervalue it. We undervalue ideas. Right. And you know, we undervalue confidence, we undervalue things that are that are part of just the 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 mental part of it. Because we put so much heavy emphasis on the financial aspect where it's like if the mind ain't right, (laughs) nah, nah, you're right. You gotta have you gotta have those basic building blocks to success. And I'll toss this to Doc because this is something that he and I had actually spoke about when we were just talking about you know, different things that we saw as we traveled the country together, whatever. But the building blocks to success is certainly a mindset because we actually sat one day and we went to all these various seminars while we were traveling at this conference. And I asked him, I said, I want you to tell me one thing that you've seen that's better than what we do or anything that we provide. Not, I I was actually talking about his content from a corporate perspective, but he rolled it into the fact that he's like, I don't see anything better than what we do as a group. And that was eye-opening to me because I understand the economic benefit that these people are are gaining from being in these spaces. And so does he. But that was big to me because this is a professional, this is a professional presenter who is giving, again, he ain't got a lot of me, his unadulterated opinion, like, yo, listen, I don't think this stuff is that good. And when I look at the evaluations after these meetings, I find out that they're not. So, Doc, Mm -hmm. I'll... I'll yield to you and you can talk a little bit about it and um and and just kind of let the people know where you where you land on that. Well, I should say that um, you know, just for a little bit of perspective, because I don't know how much um feedback you get on your job, but as a presenter at professional conferences, you get the uh you get the the honor of being given feedback about your performance and metrics about how people think about, you know, whether or not they'd like to hear you again or whether what you had to say was of value. And thankfully, you know, the stuff, all of the the work that I put together has been uh, deemed to be of value. And most of the time I'm a solid presenter, but even so, like they notice if you if you notice something that you've done that's off as a part of your performance, they notice it too. And I say your performance because even at the end of the day, even though it's you know it's a lecture and it's the exploring of knowledge and blah blah blah, you still have a script in your mind, sort of, or at least a map of where it is that you're going. 
and you're talking about certain things and you want to convey certain ideas, it's a lecture. And at the end of the day, you want them to walk away with some level of understanding about certain points. And so um, the interesting thing, though, is, you know, <laughs> um, they, uh, the points that students walk away with. <laughs> Sometimes they can be more interesting than what you thought. So, I, Doc, I want to, I want to, I want to come to you with something else too. Um, mm -hmm. It was part of what DJ said about cooperative economics, and I think one one thing that may be missing often is being able to have the conversation of where individually people are trying to go, and then collectively figuring out how we can all get each other there. Because if, mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like that, you know, being in college and having to get home, like, Doc, you you you, you was at Morehouse, but you was from Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. DJ, you obviously weren't too far from home, but we, you know, we, we know people that was from Atlanta, you know, New York, other places along the East Coast and, you know, Chicago, St. Louis, places like that. But, it, you know, when, when break time comes and everybody kind of figure like, hey, you know, you going home, you driving home, can I ride with you? Or, you know, some some kind of like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm going to New York. I'm riding to New York. But if you, you know, I can drop you off in the A, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, you know, just being able to have those conversations about cooperative mobility cooperative mobility where it's like hey mm -hmm. where are you trying to go where are you trying to go and where are you trying to go this is where i'm trying to go how can mm -hmm. how can we all work together to get each other there because yeah. your destination and your destination and your destination is probably on the way to where i'm trying to go may even be the same place you know a little thing what was it uber pool where it's like hey where are you going Oh, we both going in the same direction. We may not even be going to the same mm -hmm. place. So now we can share mm -hmm. this cost so that we can both right. get there efficiently, right? I can get the same amount of work done in less time. Now I'm being efficient versus productive. But I just wanted to throw it right. to you about being able to have those conversations because you, you know, I, in financial planning, that that obviously is something that has to be done. That conversation has to be had to be able yeah. to. To, yeah, you know, to get to get to that place. Definitely interested. So well, I think, I, I, I think, I say about I think, that. yeah, I think that everybody wants to get to that place of wealth. And, and wealth is a bit different than being rich. Rich is being able to, you know, have a whole lot based on um, something you've earned, the money that you get in the form of windfall, but basically a big income. Wealth is being able to live off of um, residual held income that you you um, you decided to forego spending on, so that you could save and invest, it, and now it's worth a lot more. You know, and that's what wealth is about, and the choice of being able to liquidate that those funds and win. At your own discretion, that gives you a lot of power, right? It gives you a whole lot of power. So, mm -hmm. based on all of this, I think what we can do now is we can we can start this year off with a clear cut plan. But I I, I don't want to I don't want to set up nothing else. But this is this is a conversation 
that I think we we have to have at some point of everybody not being okay with mm-hmm. everyone else's plan being the same or different from theirs. Well, yeah, AJ, I think mm-hmm. I think your goals ain't my goals. Exactly. But just because mm-hmm. they not doesn't mean that we cannot collectively help. You. Yeah, right. Right. not even that. It's not even support. It's support, help, just like, hey, yeah, you may want, you know, I the think, lavish life, and I may I, not want that, but it's like we both want, you know, generational wealth, financial literacy, financial right. freedom, but it looks different for us, but because you have a way that you want to get there, I got a way that I want to get there. Let's figure out where we're meeting in this plan. And at I'm some point, there mm-hmm. may have to be a fork taken in the road where it's like, okay, right. you going on because you got an uh, even bigger goal set for me. And I'm going to continue to keep you going on that. And I'm cool where I'm at. But I think that conversation needs to be had amongst amongst people well, where it's like, yeah. okay, what's your, just because your plan ain't mine, don't mean that we can't, you know, we can't mix this thing together. We can't work in the kitchen together. Well, there's a basic question that has to be asked up front. Do you have a plan? Because if you don't have one, what will happen? If you fail to plan, <laughs> you you have failed. You have planned to fail. Yeah, so, but then also, if you ain't got no plan, somebody gonna give you somebody one. Somebody else got one for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, listen, it's gonna be listen. Yeah, it's gonna somebody else somebody. got one for you. And so, I I mean, I think that that can be the challenge. And I don't I don't even think that the way that we the way that we communicate. We can, if 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 there was more interaction from the people, we talk about what y'all want. <clears throat> we we good with showing up talking about anything. Give us a time. Um, I actually think that that's so y'all. A- let the y'all gonna go ahead and have these ladies that yeah, <laughs> yeah. talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. Hey, that's fine. Hey man, uh, you know, we the whole premise of this show was basis is life and business unfiltered. Yeah, we we've we've, we've kept it mainly business. We've kept it mainly mm-hmm. business, but but man, we sprinkle crux, in real life. It's like there's life. The yeah. crux, the crux of this though, I think is so deeply rooted that it has so many tentacles. Like, do you have a plan? That could be, man. Someone could be struggling with mental health and not have a plan for it. We could talk about. It. Bring somebody on that's qualified to talk about. It. Do you have a plan? Yeah, you struggling with budgeting money. Yeah, I mean, well, look, we do that 10, 10, 10 days, <laughs> 10 days a week. Um, do you um do you have an issue with managing your manager or doing this or doing that? Yo, we can talk about all that. But it's the ancillary things. Like we're not saying anything is off the table because going back to what AJ said earlier, that network of people. We can expand it to our network of people that come on and address what it is that your questions are about. Like, we can make this more Amazon model where we're responsive to you um, and the things that you want to hear about. But the major thing is this. Authenticity. Honesty. Hopefully it's timely. But more importantly, we're available. Like we're not, we're not unicorns that you can't touch, get in, get in touch with, or reach outside of the scope of what you hear on this podcast. 
I know for a fact AJ is loving on everybody, you know, two, three, four, five times a week, just making sure everybody is good. Mm-hmm. Any anything that comes to the brethren channel, we try to respond to it within 24 hours. And so if there's a topic, if there's something that you want to uh hear about, you don't want to be vocal uh, online, like if you guys want us to go live and talk to you directly, I, I just think that as we evolve and we grow, like we want to have the pulse of the people and we want to give it to you the way that you want it. But AJ does a magnificent job of making sure, cause he he's going to hold us accountable of making sure that, Hey, look, Hey, we, we ain't talk to the people in a minute, but more importantly, Something that's timely. We don't want to waste your time. That's the only thing you can't get back. And so it's really important for us that when we show up for you, that we do something that's of value. So I hope I hope it's received that way. I think it is based on the feedback that we have. But Doc, mm-hmm. AJ, you guys tell me if I'm reading the room wrong that we're more than willing to in the upcoming seasons. Hey, if, if, if the people are like, Hey, next week, I want to hear this. Oh man. Yeah, man. No, I love that. Man, look, keep it, put it to your plan. Keep it away. Keep I'm it moving. I'm putting it responding. We've said multiple times. We probably almost started every other episode off with the fact that we don't plan this. We ask y'all, do you have a plan? Because we plan for every other aspect. We plan to do this, we plan to be committed to this right. this effort. But we don't plan right. this out because we want it to be fluid. We want it to be uh, organic. Organic. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's another one, something like water. Be like water. But that's what we wanted this platform to be, where it can it can change and shift and grow and progress as it needs to. Um, mm-hmm. So, however. However, that happens organically. We shall do that. Um, we've 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 incorporated uh, cocktail combos. Um, those will continue. Uh, we also have uh, discussed uh, more panel format shows where we you know bring other people on. We we plan to give more content based on feedback. Um, so all we can all we can ask for at this point is more feedback. But also what I can ask for is we finish this episode on up so that we can get this out to start off the new year the right way that we want to, which is in true brethren fashion. Um, oh. So the final question that I have for both of you, and y'all know we like to, you know, make things tangible, make things plain. Oh. Um, like we said, we started off with the, the, the power of patience within the process of persistence, which... We we we've kind of honed in on this on this on this concept of progress uh, and evaluation, and we're at the beginning of the year, and we're at the new beginning of this new cycle of evaluations. If we talk in corporate, you about to get you mm-hmm. know we're starting your first quarter. Mm-hmm. The the like I said, the slate is relatively wiped clean. If they ain't got rid of you yet, congratulations. But what are you going to do better than you did last year? Yeah. To set yourself up properly at the beginning of this year to not be behind the ball three, four months in, and now you're catching up at the end of the year and you're not really hitting 
the progress goals, the KPIs that you set for for yourself and what needs to happen right now. What needs to happen right now for people we talked about, we brought back and threw back to power circles. Most companies, mm -hmm. your boards, your boards are meeting right at the end of the year and right at the top of the year and maybe maybe somewhere in the middle. But it's time to have that board meet with your power circle. But Doc, I'll throw it to you and then DJ, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you next. I mean, like, oh, that's a whole lot in terms of <laughs> uh, in terms of power circles and everything else. I'm just saying, you know, it's uh, yeah, that's that's a heavy thing. But um, as a as a professional, I think you owe it to yourself to. Uh, to try to be your best self, right? Especially if you happen to be doing something that you really enjoy and you get some level of fulfillment out of, like, <clears throat> you want to see yourself to really lose yourself a little bit in those moments and really um, immerse yourself in what you're doing and really enjoy what you're doing and really recognize that's how alive you are even in the work. Because sometimes we don't give ourselves that. And I think that when you do that, it makes it easier for you to value yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you see how unique your perspective is. Literally, there's nobody on earth that's going to have your exact perspective on anything. Right? And so to the extent that it's well-informed, and has proven itself to be valuable under different circumstances. Now people trust you, right? Your judgment is looked at as a valuable thing. And I think that all people, as they grow old, at least most of them probably desire to be seen as wiser and more valuable. And so I agree with that. This is, yeah, man, this is real currency in general. And so I think that uh, to the extent that whatever it is that you're doing leads you to <laughs> discover some truth, hopefully in a way that it, you know makes you grow and makes other people grow and all the rest of it. Man, it's a great thing and it's a wonderful thing to share. And some methods of sharing are more or less harsh than others. <laughs> so... <laughs> Y'all got to learn in my own way. You know, sometimes what is it that they say about the lesson is, is waiting for the student? So no, the lesson yeah. the lesson appears until the student is ready to receive. Yeah. So there you go. Beautifully put. And I gotta I gotta I gotta I pull something up out of there. Go ahead, DJ. All right, bro. So um for me, man, it's a I guess it's it's a couple of things, dog. Um, the first one being, I think I told you guys when we started talking about how I view corporate and, and how I view life, it's a long-term internship. I'm here to learn how to run my own company. I would encourage other people to take that approach. Be the best employee you can be, but be the best CEO you can as well. I am here to learn how to run my own company, right? So 
if I'm here to learn how to run, run my own company, the less the the investment that I'm going to make in the business is mutually beneficial because I want to push this business forward as, as far as I can for, mm-hmm. for, for this company. But it's also teaching me what I need to know and understand in relative terms, how I push my own business forward. Because at some point mm-hmm. I need to do it for myself. Um, the other thing with that is we have to stop being fearful of expressing our aspirations in terms of ownership, whether that be independently, because I have to disclose everything I own outside of my company. But I also have to disclose the fact internally that I would like to run you know, lines of business and things of that nature. Uh-huh. Those, 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 those things are scary propositions to make in your mid to late 20s, your early 30s. You're starting a family. You're doing this. My, my I guess my commentary to folks would be, be bold early, strategically bold. Uh-huh. Be strategically bold early. And find out what these organizations are willing to do or give to you or do for you, because later on, you're not operating operating from a position of strength. When I had no kids, they thought I would leave mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. Two kid, two kids later, ah, uh, he good, he'll be there. Hell no, nah. <laughs> I'll leave tomorrow. Fuck out of mm-hmm. here, but. That is not the thought of organizations. So from a psychological standpoint, you have to you have to operate from a position of strength and and have constant communication. I, I want I want us to manage our manager. Stop waiting for your manager to manage you. Manage your manager. Manage yourself. You don't need to manage yourself. Yeah, so you well, I apologize. Yes, AJ, you need to manage yourself and you need to find someone that's managing you that's going to lead you. I need a leader. I don't need someone to manage me. I need a leader. Lead me. Keep your fucking management. Lead me. Show me where we're going. Tell me how we're going to get there. Let me build a plan to best support it. Looks like a John was talking. No, I think he, I think you're talking talking in the background, um, but I, as 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 usual and as always, I, I always appreciate you all's uh, input, you all's honesty, and your willingness to continue to embark on this journey with me. Um, not yes, only sir. for us, but for anybody that is willing and has been able to listen. Um, I'm gonna pack a lot into this little this little last piece because what you all say brought out a lot. Um, one of the things that I want to bring back up and remind people is Doc brought up disruptive innovation. I think I want to apply that to our lives. You need some disruptive innovation in your life. You need to come up with a system or process within yourself, your everyday uh, habits. Like Doc said, you got to create some good habits. And I'm speaking to myself because I need to create better habits. If I don't have none good right now, I need to create something that's better. I need to create something that's good. But that's going to be some disruptive innovation that's taking place 
internally and within my life. And I think we all need a little bit of that. Um, but one of the key points that we talked about was being able to evaluate our relationships and be able to place valuations on our net worth based on that. But I think one of the key parts that both of you all brought up was that we got to at first value ourselves. We have to know that we're worth something and that we're bringing right. something to this collective table. We're bringing some equity that we have mind capital of our own. Right. And I think, you know, that's a very, you know, that's a very large conversation. It's a big sandwich to bite. Um, but, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But how do you eat an elephant efficiently as you invite everybody else to eat it with you? And you preferably go. some of your hungry friends. So I think what we need to do is, you know, get that valuation, that self-valuation um, under checking this first quarter. Um, get the relationship evaluations done in this first quarter with your power circle. Reevaluate some of those power circles. If you if you started your power circle, you might need to reevaluate. Some board members don't stay there for life. No, they know? don't. Some don't. It's just, you know, it's it's a relationship. It's a business relationship. It, you know, it does not always last forever. So it's first quarter, reevaluate those relationships, reevaluate yourself, back, place a valuation on yourself, then look at your network and say, this is the valuation of my network. And now you walk into the rooms with the confidence knowing that you have people behind you that may not physically be there, but mind capital wise, value wise, they are right there with you. And now you collectively bring them to the table and say, this is what I'm worth. Absolutely. And it has nothing to do with what you think. This is what I know in my heart, my mind, and eventually my bank account. Um, so let's map out our progress for this year. Your plans can be fluid. Life is going to happen. And so it's got to be fluid. Don't set yourself to a concrete plan. It ain't gonna, life going to smack you out. If you ain't got a plan, one will be made for you. And if you got a plan and something else comes up and you ain't planned for that, Life gonna smack you in the mouth again. So let's be let's be efficient this year. Let's uh let's get let's get in front of the ball. Let's get up by 50 points. But let's, you know, keep the foot on the gas. Let's let's be able to get to a point at the end of the first quarter where we got it on cruise control. But if we want to tap that need. gas, you we can be efficient. Need. We can be efficient. We can be efficient. Put it on cruise control. Now we ain't wasting gas. Now we cruising at 70. On the interstate, we're in front of all the traffic. But uh, I think that's a good place to leave off. We'll see y'all when we see y'all again. This whole episode has been brought to you by LaFlight87. Get you some, www.leflight87.com. You can follow all of us across all of our social media. You can find Mr. Wales at Empower, Engage, Execute on Instagram. Uh, you can find... Dr. Ajamu Loving at Dr. Ajamu, A-J-A-M-U, Loving. If you don't know how to spell that, get you some of that in your life. Dr. Ajamu Loving on Instagram and Loving on Money and You on Facebook. This has been another extravagant episode of the Brethren Podcast, and hopefully this new year will be happy. But if you want to be hotepish, we'll do this again in the spring because that's when really things get anew. But let's get a jump on that. We love y'all. There's nothing you can do about it. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Brethren.